listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all of God's blessed and highly favored people doing today? We are fearless. We are determined. We are warriors. And we are humble. Amen, right? In Jesus' name. And it is so important that we we remember what God says about us, because we can easily forget what he has spoken over our lives when we're in the process of doing our day-to-day, right? Just in the process of everyday life. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have trouble remembering things? And I know from time to time, 
I forget things that might have been said to me and I have trouble figuring it out, you know, like, why can't I remember? You know, why don't I remember? And yes, I hear all you guys saying it's because I'm getting old. No. Well, that might be that might be the case. Well, I thought sometimes that might be the case, too. But when you hear young people also saying that they're having a hard time remembering something that was said to them or something that might have occurred at a certain time in their life, then we know that it's more than just old age. Well, I've been thinking about it a lot. And I've come up with an answer for why I believe sometimes I don't remember things. Now, it might not be the same for you, but I'm just going to tell you what I think it is for me. And I've narrowed it down to, you know, once you get one you get one idea and then you just keep breaking it down and breaking it down. I've narrowed it down to because I wasn't paying attention. Right? And many of us don't remember things because we were not paying attention. When we think that we really were paying attention, but we really weren't. So let me just explain that. Now, I used to get annoyed when I would tell somebody something, right? Or ask them about something that happened a while ago. And they would say, I don't remember that. And I'd be like, you were right there. How do you not remember? But I today have to apologize to all of those that I gave that side-eyed look. Like, you're right, you don't remember. Because in reality, they really don't remember. And the reason why they really don't remember is a little bit that they weren't paying attention. But let me explain. It's not in a bad thing that they weren't paying attention. It's just that in that particular situation, it wasn't as important to them after it had happened for them to retain that information. So for those that remember it, the incident, it was important to them to re- to retain that information. So that's why later on they could always bring it back and say, don't you remember when? And the other person could be, no, I don't remember that happening. And it's just because at that particular time when it was happening, yes, everybody was in it, but it wasn't as important for them to hold on to that information. And sometimes people don't remember things because they're distracted, right? which is also another form of saying not paying attention. So the next time that you don't remember something, think about this. Were you distracted or were you just not paying attention because it just wasn't that as important to you after it had happened? And a distraction doesn't have to be major, but it just has to be enough to take your mind off whatever is in front of you at that moment. Distractions are a way of not paying attention to the details of life, the details of our journey, the details that required us, the details that are required of us when we accepted Christ as our personal savior and entered into the kingdom of heaven. So today, I want to discuss how our distractions can cause us to miss the mark when it comes to doing the work for the kingdom. And not so much the distractions of it, but the last time we spoke about being a mature Christian, right? And what it really means to be a mature Christian. We stated that 
It has nothing to do with the number of years. It has nothing to do with your age. It has nothing to do with how long you've been sitting on that church pew. It has nothing to do with how long your family has been attending that church, the same one every Sunday for every occasion. It has nothing to do with that. What it has to do with is how much you've grown up in what you've learned about Christ enough to emulate him out into the world, right? How much have you grown up where you can now move away from just having the milk like a baby and now address the hearty substance that's in the word and what God is telling us? Well, like I said also, I can't fault you all the way because a lot of times it could be just the ministry that you're sitting under. Maybe they're just not forcing you to take stock in the word and to understand what God has been saying to us through that book. They were just satisfied with you showing up every Sunday just because it filled the church, because you brought your tithe envelope, because they just wanted to see your face, because you were on the usher board. I don't know. But for whatever reason, and I'm not saying it's all places, but those of you who know that some places, they're like, you know, just think about it. It's just something for you to think about. And if it's not brought to your attention, then you're not mindful of it because we do go to church. Some of us just go because it's something that we know we do every Sunday. We just get up, get dressed and go. But are we really challenging ourselves past what is being said from the pulpit? And sometimes it could be said from the pulpit, but are you just taking it in right then at that moment, like I said, but you're not retaining it because you don't think that it matters or plays a part in anything else that you have to do in your life going forward once you leave that church building. So we're going to look at what we could do when we achieve that level of maturity and we take our next steps towards spiritual growth. So today's topic is we press towards the mark for the crown. And we're going to have our readings today coming from Philippians 3, 12 to 16. And today I'm reading from the Amplified Version. And we start. Not that I have already obtained it, the goal of being Christ-like, or have already been made perfect. But I am actively, and I, but I, excuse me, let me start over. Not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature, pursuing spiritual perfect perfection should have this attitude. And if in any respect 
you have a different attitude, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us stay true to what we have already attained. Blessed is the reading of God's word. So here we have Paul reminding us of why we must remember our salvation and keep moving towards being the best we can be in Christ. Because all of our righteousness comes from Christ. We have become righteous because he is righteous. And without him, we're nothing but filthy rags, not worthy of any blessings or rewards. And Paul says it right there in the beginning. Not that I have obtained this goal of being Christ-like, because he knows that's the goal, to be Christ-like. And he's saying he knows he falls short of it. And he knows that he's not made perfect. We are perfect within Christ. When God looks at us, he sees Christ first. That's what brings our perfection. But us as individuals, even Paul was saying that we're striving for that perfection to take hold of him, to take hold of us, in us, be like him. And he says he knows that he doesn't have it yet, but he knows that he's forgetting everything that was before and he keeps pressing forward to get to that place. So now, when you think about it, and I'm not saying that anything that we do in our works gets us there, right? It's not our works in and of ourselves that gets us towards this goal, right? It's it's us in Christ that helps us move towards this goal. And if it weren't for Christ, we could never move towards that goal. So now I know that you're thinking, well, if our works don't mean anything, then why are we striving to obtain these rewards, right? But that's not it. And I'm glad that you did ask that question. Because in the end, you know it has been written that everyone will face judgment, right? And stand before the Bema of Christ, which when I say Bema, Bema is the podium. It's like a podium-like structure that was in the synagogues. So, you know, you've always heard, you've always heard it being said, oh, we're all going to face judgment, you know, When that day comes, we're all going to have to stand accountable for every action that we've done, you know, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. And you're going to have to stand before God and answer to what you might have done or didn't do while you were here on earth living your best life. One day, all of us are going to be held accountable. And that's why when James, when we even spoke about James, when he said about your words, you know, Be mindful how you speak. Be mindful of what you say. Be mindful of everything that comes out of your mouth because all those words you're going to be held accountable for. And I know when you think about it, 
that's not such a good thing, you know? I know for myself, I'm like, every word every word I said out of my mouth, I'm going to be held accountable for. So, you know, it just, when you don't know, then you can't, you know, it's not that you can't be held accountable, but when you don't know for yourself, you could be like, oh, well, I wasn't aware. But now when you're aware and you know that everything you say, you will be held accountable for, it just makes you go through your day, the topics that you talk about, the conversations that you engage in with people, it makes you look at them a little differently because you're like, oh, anything I say, this is being tallied up and I'm going to have to explain why was I saying that? Why did I respond that way? Why did I act that way? Even when you're like just annoyed and certain things come out of your mouth. That's why God always says, you know, you could get angry, but sin not because you can be angry within yourself. But when you come out and you use those venomous words and you're saying things against people, all those things are going to come back and you will be held accountable for them. So, as I said, we're going to stand before judgment, right? And we're all going to be held accountable for everything that we said because Second Corinthians, here we go. Second Corinthians 5, 9 through 10 tells us this, right? Therefore, whether we are at home on earth or away from home and with him, it is our constant ambition to be pleasing to him. For we, believers, will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each day may be repaid for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities, and abilities. Now, I know some of you, when you've read the Bible, because I'm telling you, and we've said, we have said this on the show plenty times, that you can read a scripture one day and later on go back to that same scripture and it has a totally different meaning to you depending on where you are in your life or the situation that God is trying to enlighten you about. So, and that, thank you, Holy Spirit. And this is why when you hear pastors saying, when you hear me saying, when you might even hear others saying, read your Bible daily, not just so that God could communicate with you. Because yes, that is his way of communicating with us other than the Holy Spirit telling us. Because the Holy Spirit, Spirit is going to bring back to our remembrance things that we've already heard. But when you read God's word, he's talking to you through his word. So that's how it can change how the scripture, that's how you can get a different understanding of the scriptures every time you read them, because he's trying to tell you something differently. And I'm sure that many of you that have read the Bible, have read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 10, you read it 
and said, oh, yeah, we're going to be held accountable for everything we said. But when you think about, really think about, like I said, everything, we're going to be held accountable for everything that we've done in the body, whether good or bad, actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use and misuse of his time. Do you know that time is a precious commodity? And the world sees time. You always hear people in business saying time is money. Time is money. In their mind, anything that has to do with time, if it's not being utilized to the fullest, they're losing money. Here, God is saying the use and misuse of his time. Because you know, once time leaves, you're not getting it back. Just as I'm sitting here right now on the radio, it's after eight. When I got here, it was eight. When I got here, it was 7.30. 7.30 for today will never be 7.30 again today in the morning. Never again. We will never have that time back. It's gone. Forget it. Every moment that I'm speaking to you right now, never get that time back. God wants to know, how are you using his time that he's given to you? That's what is really, when, when we have to stand up before that judgment, he really wants to know, okay, what were you doing with all that time that I gave you? Were you running amok causing havoc? Were you trying to help someone that I put on your heart? but you blatantly ignored the fact that I told you to help them. All those things are going to come into account. And I know we really don't want to look at our life like that, but some of us need to sometimes sit and reflect because Paul was warning us that we're going to be judged by our works. And like I said, not the works that we do on our own, right? Because it's not our works that get us into the kingdom. It's not our works that got us into salvation but the works that we do after being in Christ. Have we lived for Christ and carried out what he's taught us to do? At this point, we are either going to be given our rewards or denied our rewards according to what we've done. And this is where the reward system comes in. Because he's going to take into account everything that we've done or not done. Everything that we've done, good or evil, will be judged and rewarded accordingly. And here it is. We thought that just accepting Christ was all we needed, right? That's all we needed. Just accept Christ. We're fine. Easy peasy, right? No, we have to think about this again. Why would it just be just accepting Christ? And let me just not, let me just, let me backtrack a little bit. Me saying just accepting Christ, I'm saying it as it's so simple. And it was, I guess I'm saying it so simple because I'm in it. And you that's always hindsight is 2020. Once you're in something or once you've experienced something or once you've done something or achieved something, it's always easier from your perspective because you're there already. But there's a lot of people still struggling with understanding that Christ died for them. 
there's a lot of people who still can't get past that portion to get into salvation. So we have those who are struggling to understand what Christ did to bring us to where we are today. Then, but once we get there, we have some struggling to understand that that's not it, that it doesn't stop there, right? It's like, okay, remember, like I said, we're going to go back to the analogy that I used about the job. You wanted to get this job. You wanted to get this job. You wanted this interview. You wanted all this. Boom, you land the job. But now that you've got the job, you want to get the perks that come along with the job. But before you can get the perks that come along with the job, you have to complete the task that you were hired for. That year-end bonus is not just going to come on its own. The employer is going to look at you and say, well, okay, we hired you, but what have you given to the company to help it, you know, meet its bottom line? What contributions have you made since you've been accepted into this company? And if everybody else is putting in the work, why aren't you putting in the work for this company? It's the same thing in the kingdom. Christ told them that when they were in the upper room to wait until they had received power from the Holy Spirit, that was going to empower them to go out and do his command, which was spread the gospel. Go out and teach everyone what I've taught you. The time that I walked with you, everything that you've learned from me and from the scriptures that I've told you, Go out and teach it. So if you know that's a command, and he's not saying you got to go stand on a soapbox on the corner with a megaphone screaming. I mean, you can if it's in your spirit, if that's your calling. I'm not knocking anybody whose calling that is. But for the simplest of us, for the least of us, sometimes it's just, like I said, saying hi to your neighbor when you see them. Being courteous to someone holding the door. And at that point, a lot of times it's just your actions. Your actions for a lot of us speak much louder than our words because people can hear what we're saying, but then they also watch what we do. That's how children learn, right? They see what you do. And even though you're talking, they see what you do. So that's where they mimic and they do the same thing. That's where they learn and they pick up their habits. So when you think about it, we all been given a command. Yes, we are going to be judged for what we've done and not done. Whether we follow through with the talents and gifts that God has given us. Whether we follow through with the words that are written in the scripture to even have clarity to, because even if he doesn't feed your spirit and tell you something, because a lot of people say they don't understand, you know, how they don't hear from God. Okay, even when you read the scripture, he's, the scriptures, he's talking to you. Through the scriptures, he's talking to you. There's no way you can't say that you don't understand when he says that you're going to be held accountable for everything that you do, good or bad. How do you not understand that? It's written right there. 
So it's a lot that we have to keep in mind, not get distracted, because come judgment day, and he's bringing everything up, trust and believe, I'm sure we were all going to be looking there. And I, I envision it as being like this giant screen that is going to be playing our life on this screen. And I'm sure when you see some of the reels that he plays, you're going to be like, oh, I do remember that. Even though you might not remember it now, but you'll remember it then. And I just hope it just brings us out in a better light. But we still have time. We still have time because remember, he wants to see how we're using our time. So we have time right now to get it going. Like Paul said, forget what's behind us. Keep pressing forward, right? And I think it's time for us to take a little music break. You've been listening to what would Kay say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like. Able, you're more than able. Ain't no problem that's too hard for a strong and mighty God. Yes, you are able. You're more than able Time and time again you prove I can always count on you Yes, you are
has to hide. No, 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 no. For strong and mighty God, it's you are able. You're more than able. Time and time again, you prove. Oh, yeah. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Now I'm going to tell you the musical selections that we heard today. Of course, you know, we opened up our show with Making Changes by Grace. We heard Abel by Jonathan McReynolds and Marvin Winans. We heard Power and Glory by Seema and Flavor. And then we heard I Believe, I Believe It, The Life of Jesus by John Reddit. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. And I want to continue our conversation about the rewards that we're going to receive in heaven because of the strives and pursuit of the gifts that God has given us when he placed us here and then what we're supposed to be doing with them so that when we face that judgment day, we can stand accountable, right? So we're going to continue with Galatians 6, 5 through 10, which is also going to sum up for us just why it's so important for us to be present in the moment and see all these things are coming together now. All these things are coming together that we have spoken about, for, you know, in the past. And of course, God does everything in a certain order. So he prepares you for where he's taking you when he's taking you someplace, right? So you know how we talked about being present in the moment. You know, not worrying about, and even the Bible says, not worrying about what tomorrow holds. The scripture tells us, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries for itself. Today is what you're supposed to be thinking about, concentrating on, paying attention to everything that you do, say, who you encounter, who you interact with. Let's go to Galatians. Galatians 6, 5 to 10. For every person will have to bear with patience his own burden of faults and shortcomings for which he alone is responsible. The one who is taught the word of God is to share all good things with his teacher, contributing to his spiritual and material support, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will now not allow himself to be ridiculed nor treated with contempt nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. So then, while we, as individual believers, have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being, and especially being a blessing 
to those of the household of faith, born again believers. So now, just take into account everything that we've been talking about. Everything that we've been talking about. And if you've missed any of my other shows, you can go to my page, Radio Free Brooklyn. Look up What Would Kay Say? Go into the archives. Go back and hear those shows, what God was teaching us, what God was telling us. Because now he's taking us to another place. Because, you know, God is a progressive God. He doesn't sit still. Don't get me wrong. For those of you who haven't accepted Christ, he's there. He's moving in that part of you for you to accept Christ for salvation. But for those of us who are already in Christ, he's there. And he's moving with you, going towards where you need to be. For those of you still searching for your purpose, he's there. For those of you who know what your purpose is, but just haven't done anything about it, he's there showing you what to do. So God is ever present. And that's when, when I was talking about before I started with Galatians, how Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. Be present in the now. Do what you can do now at this moment. Like I was saying, be mindful of what you say, the conversations you're having with people. Because like we learned earlier, we're going to be held accountable for it all. And now that you know, you can't say you don't know. But the total meaning of why we're rewarded gifts in heaven and what we must do to obtain them was said right here in Galatians. Because we're being taught the word. We are taught the word from what Jesus told us, from what we read in the scriptures. We're being taught the word. If you read the scriptures, you're being taught the word. Even if you just read, if you read the Old Testament, and a lot of people, and this is what I want to say also. When we were going through the books of the Old Testament, we were going through the prophets. A lot of people, when they get saved, they quickly, of course, they stay in the New Testament because they figure the New Testament is what's happening now, what we should be paying attention to now because we have grace and mercy now. You know, Jesus died and was resurrected now. But the Old Testament, the Old Testament tells you a lot as well. It tells you the reason why the New Testament exists. So don't discard anything that is written from cover to cover in the book, right? Because it says here, God is not, is not going to be mocked because he's not going to be treated with contempt nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. So Everything that he said, everything, it matters. It matters. Just like if you think about, like I said, as a child, you're growing up. Everything your parents said to you, whether it was good or bad, you know it had an effect on your life. Whether it was good or bad, it had an effect on your life. Same thing with the word. The word is going to have an effect of your, on your life. Even though it was said way before the New Testament, the Old Testament still has relevance in your life. So here, when we're reading Galatians, Paul is telling us, you know, pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention. And whatever a man sows, he'll reap. 
whatever it is that you're doing, you're planting those seeds, you're going to reap that. So you could plant seeds of goodness. You could plant seeds of joy. You can plant seeds of peace. And a lot of people always think that when you're planting seeds, it has to do with money. No, you could plant seeds of good health. You can plant seeds of just having friends. Seeds are just seeds. Whatever you're planting, that's what's going to grow from it. So that we have to keep in mind. And everything we do in our walk towards maturity has to do with paying attention, understanding what he said to us, reading his words so that we understand what his word says so that we can follow it out. Because if you don't know what he said, how are you going to follow it? If you don't know what he said, how are you going to do it? The only way you're going to know is by reading. Yes, you could go hear it. You can hear it. People can tell you. But even with me speaking it, everything that I've been reading here, you should go back in the book and read it for yourself. Because even though I'm reading it and I'm giving you what's being said, maybe he wants you to read it so it could jump off the page and give you an illumination in your life, how it pertains to you. Yes, in general, it pertains to all of us, what we sow, we're going to reap. That's in general. But when you read it, what is he talking about what you sow? Only you know what seeds you're sowing. Only I know what seeds I'm sowing. So yes, in general, we could say, oh, you're going to reap what you sow, but I don't know what you're sowing. I, I only know what I'm sowing. So when you read it for yourself, it's illuminating it to you. It's bringing light on you so that you understand how you should be going forward in your journey in your life. That's why it's so important to read the scripture. Because yes, you can hear someone say it on the pulpit. They can tell you, they can, you know, expound upon it, give you the Greek definition and all this and that. All well and good, yes. But when you go home and read that scripture again for yourself, God's going to enlighten you to how it pertains to you, what he wants you to do with that word that you just heard, not what the masses just heard. Because for the masses, yes, it works. But there's also something in there for you personally, personally. And every, every, um, every sermon has a message for someone personally. Even though when you're sitting under it, and there's sometimes I used to sit under, you know, and be like, oh, I didn't really, you know, if it didn't uh, punch me in the face at the moment, I used to feel like, oh, okay, yeah, I heard it and I understand what he was saying. But sometimes everything doesn't have to punch you in the face. And what I've learned is a lot of times when it punched me in my face, it was because I wasn't paying attention from the thousands of times he probably told me from before. And he's like, you know what, let me, if I bash her over her head, maybe she'll get it this time. So a lot of times, and that just comes from being mature now, growing up in the word. But when I used to be like, oh, that just cut, oh, that cut me like a knife. I don't want to be cut like a knife. I want to be able to hear the scripture and be like, okay, God, yeah, you're right. I don't want to be cut like a knife. Because if I'm cut like a knife, that means it's like, darn it, didn't you get it the last time? I don't like feeling like that. And some of us feel like when we get it like that, it's like, oh, you know, God's really talking to me. Mm -mm, I'm more in the order now of God. I hear you. I don't need you to gut punch me to get me to understand what you're saying, because then that means that I've already taken it a little too far. Oh, like my time is growing short. I'm taking this a little too far. But hey, we are still going to continue in our walk in maturity in this kingdom. But of course, we're in September. So we're going to talk about our word for the month, which is reinvent, change something so much that it appears to be entirely new. 
And that's what we're doing as we're walking on this journey into our maturity, right? And our promise for this week is going to come from Galatians 6, 5. For every person will have to bear with patience his own burden of faults and shortcomings for which he alone is responsible. So that right there is telling you, you, you are the one that's responsible for everything that you do and say and everything that happens. But we're going to go into that in more detail next week because I'm going to show you how, just how responsible you are and just how much you play a role in everything that happens in your life. So with that, my lovelies, I say have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Enjoy. Well, it's supposed to rain over here, but hey, have a good time. Be well, be blessed, love one another, be patient, be kind, be the warriors that you are. And until God brings us back together again next week, my lovelies, peace. Couple years I've been on my own. Now I know that I'm not alone. You're giving me a reason to carry on, to carry on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything is different nowadays. I lost a few ones along the way. I had to learn to trust it'll be okay. It'll be okay. kind of love that I never known You took over my heart and you made a home Yeah, you made a home And all the broken pieces within You put them together